Wow, last Friday's episode was a doozy. Hey y'all, thank you for all of your kind feedback that I received from last Friday's episode. I have to say, I've had this continual big sigh of relief since I posted it, knowing that it's out there. Gosh, what a tough story to read back, and I'm kind of giggling to myself because even that statement shows how disconnected I sometimes am from that situation. Like, I feel like I can be brought back to how I feel in an instant, but also feel like it was a lifetime ago. But I wanted to give some further context to some things I really didn't get a chance to cover in my last couple episodes that focused on miscarriage. So first, I wanted to share that in retrospect, I can see so many elements of God giving me support through the weeks leading up to and during those four horrible days. I think about the fact that my OBGYN practice in New Hampshire, typically women are not seen until eight weeks. So if everything played out as typically it would, then I would have never been able to see my angel baby alive on the screen. And I say that cautiously because I know many women and many people super close to me, they have never been able to see life on that screen. And my heart just, gosh, it just aches. Because, you know, every time that there's conception, there's life. And I had the honor of seeing that little life on the screen. Now, if I would have gone in when my baby measured to be eight weeks, because it was measured at six weeks, if you remember, If I would have gone in when my baby actually measured to be eight weeks, I would have completely foregone the catastrophe it was flying while miscarrying. And for that, I just really will never understand on this side of glory. But so next, I wanted to pay special tribute to the several healthcare workers who brought so much comfort to me and Christopher. I know that I talked about the few people who said just the worst things to me while I was under their care, but truthfully, I encountered some of the most kind people also. One person in particular is Dr. Hinnenberry. She was the doctor who was on call when I needed to return to the hospital to receive a blood transfusion. And gosh, I just, Jesus was so kind to me to pair me with her that day because the very next time I would see her face is when I showed up to the hospital to deliver Kate a year and a half later. So I was in a rotating practice, and at the time, she was the doctor on call. And I will say Kate's whole birth story is a story for another day, but I will never forget how Dr. Hindenberry greeted me when I first got admitted. She walked in full of energy and a huge grin and said, Anna, I don't know if you remember me, but the last time we were together, you were here for a very different circumstance, and I just feel honored that I get to see the other side to this story And if that wasn't great enough, when I ultimately had to go in for C-section surgery to retrieve baby Kate, I was all sorts of scared. And when they wheeled me in, I realized that the last time I was in that room was for my DNC. Not to mention, I had been up 36 hours at this point. I was just in a really bad place. And Dr. Hiddenberry walked over to my head and she put her hand on my shoulder and asked me how I was feeling. And I told her with tears in my eyes that I was so scared. And she drew in close and said, I totally understand, Anna. Last time was horrible, but today we are going to experience your baby's birthday, and I'm glad to get to be here. Woof. Ugh. I just wish I could bottle her up and take her to Seattle, but let me move on. So I talked about how post-miscarriage, I was in a really dark spot, but praise the Lord, I was in a community of women who fostered me through many, many months of darkness. My girl Hannah even remembers the night I told the story to our girls group. We were gathered around my friend Liv's farmhouse table and I just sobbed through every excruciating detail. 
And I remember looking up in the middle of the story and thinking, gosh, these women don't even know me. Why am I doing this? (laughs) And I didn't sugarcoat anything. I do know that I paused at the end to say, guys, I am going to cry off my lash extensions, to which I looked around and realized from their deadpan stares that they had no idea what I was talking about. So we ended up going into about a 20-minute discussion about lash extensions, but I digress. So I was talking that night about how I wasn't able to pray, and I really just didn't know the next step. And I'm sure I apologize for hijacking the evening, but these women were a special group of women from a million different walks of life, and they continued to bring me into the fold in ways I feel like I didn't even deserve. One of the sweetest moments of my life was on my angel baby's due date, which was May 2nd the following year. I was already dreading the day because I was just at a loss. I didn't know how I was supposed to grieve one baby and celebrate the other baby that was newly growing in my belly. But that morning, I received a text that there was a vase sitting on my doorstep and to leave it there. And over the course of the next couple hours in the day, each woman stopped by and put a single stem in that vase and left envelopes of cards. And at the end of the day, I brought in the vases and I just sobbed in awe of all the mismatched flowers. What a beautiful picture of how we can support each other as women. And you know, people have asked me how to love on other women who've experienced miscarriages. And I just have to say, everyone's different. I didn't mind people sitting on a couch with me, crying and chatting through it. Others might need space, but you know, it didn't go unseen the ways that people tangibly helped me. I can think of my friend Lara texting me and saying, I've left a couple bags of Trader Joe's on your porch, or my hometown besties putting together a big care package full of my favorite items. And gosh, all the meals, all the flowers. And I even had a sweet friend send me a little angel by the brand Willow Tree, and I loved sitting it on my counter in front of a shadow box I created with the leaves that fell during that October. I loved that every day at the same time, the light would hit it perfectly and it would cast a big angel on the wall. And it just gave me the hope of heaven and reuniting with my angel baby one day. And one of the first times that I went back to Louisville after my miscarriage, my mom's friend Jenna came by to have some coffee. Jenna is a wonderful woman who my mom respects and loves so much, and she herself has gone through many, many miscarriages. She gave me so many God-breathed words over coffee that morning, and I think we all went in between crying and laughing for a couple hours. Before she left, she handed me a gift bag with two items in it. One was the book I Will Carry You by Angie Smith, and the other was an ornament. Now I'll start with the book. What an amazing book. I'll link it in the show notes. Y'all, please read this book. It is not an easy book, I would say, to get through, but it helped me kind of work through the emotions of babies and pregnancy, infant loss, and just Angie Smith is an amazing woman. I've done other studies by her. Big shout out to her. But so Jenna gave me this book, and she also gave me an ornament. And I remember her talking about the many things that will be hard about the next couple months, years, gosh, honestly, always will be hard. And as I continue to grieve, one thing that she wanted me to prepare for is specifically Christmas. She talked very frankly and straightforward and helped me prepare my heart for the grief that would come when I wake up on Christmas morning with an empty womb. And I sobbed thinking about how many women that I can picture even right now that have never been able to feel the presence of a baby in their womb. 
and the friends who are yearning for babies that they will never hold this side of heaven. And I can easily think of the children, my friends who have let go of their parents so soon, or the families who have had so much destruction that Christmas is just ugly and it's not what it should be. So when I held the ornament that Jenna gave me in my hands, I cried as I traced my fingers over the two small shoes and the little satin ribbon. She gave me little shoes to hang on my tree and gave me the permission and space to cry, knowing that we live in a broken world and that because of that, we hurt. And when Christmas came around, I was angry and I was hurt and I was looking for all the bad and all the things. But that being said, I would pause every time I entered our Christmas tree room because I would see those little shoes. I love those little shoes and I truly now look forward to putting them up this year and for the rest of my life. And that brings me to my final thoughts for today's episode. In New Hampshire, we were attending an amazing church that I believe I've talked about on the podcast before, but this church was such a grounding force for us in New Hampshire. We were able to serve and both be served by the church body, and it grew our faith and perspective of how we really want to do life with people. It was a small church, really the smallest we've ever attended, but one of the healthiest churches we've been a part of. And although the worship was way, way, way different than we had at other churches, I very distinctly remember the first Sunday we returned to church after we miscarried. I was, of course, wrecked for more reasons than one. And when worship started, they kicked off with the song Sea of Victory by Elevation Worship. I had somehow never heard the song until this day, And although I didn't want to believe the lyrics at the time, I cried out to the Lord with hopeful anticipation that although I might not see a victory in the way I wanted, I don't have to fight the battle because it's already won. And in the Sundays to come, we sang both Sea of Victory and the song Waymaker, which talks about even when we don't see it, even when we don't feel it, we believe you are working, Lord. And if I had to pay a nickel for every time I asked Alexa to play one of those two songs, I'd be absolutely broke. (laughs) One thing I can say is that through miscarriage, I have completely redefined what I believe is hard and what I believe is good. On travel days that are clunky, I remember them in light of that horrible plane ride. On even the worst, most ugly, exhausting days of parenting, I can, well most days, (laughs) remember that I am truly so thankful that I get to call these girls mine. So again, I'm not going to tell you I'm done mourning, but I will say that God has changed my heart. I still can't begin to understand how a perfect plan and how miscarriage go together, but I do know with certainty that God's not finished changing my heart. And with that, I'll sign off today. Uh, Give us a follow on Instagram and please check out the show notes on everymomneedsafriend.com to have access to more information. But thanks for listening today. Love y'all.